Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Super Bowl edition of the Ice the Kicker podcast. My name is Glenn DeNegris alongside, as always, Matt Ferrara. It is the Chiefs. It is the Buccaneers. It is in Tampa, Florida. And it, 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 a lot of people didn't really expect this to happen. A lot of people who were kind of nervous about how the season was going to go, the coronavirus, all the protocols. We saw the NBA do it. Um, they delayed it. NBA finals are in what October, whatever it is. Same thing with hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball had their 60 game season. They're go- they're going to be ramped up back up in a couple weeks. A lot of people didn't know how the NFL would pull this off because unlike those sports, there's a immensely bigger roster in football than in the other three. They're constantly getting in contact with the other, each other. They're constantly hitting each other. They're constantly breathing on each other. And for the most part, this NFL season has been, you know, without any major like diabolical hiccups. There's been a couple of unfortunate situations where players had to miss games. Broncos played a whole game without a quarterback. But in the grand scheme of things, we made it to the Super Bowl and knock on wood, we're going to play a Super Bowl without any major, I guess, COVID related benchings. There was a little bit of a scare with the Chiefs mm-hmm. barber getting COVID. So they had to, yeah. I don't know if you saw that, Matt. They had to like mm-hmm. rip out 20 Chiefs who were scheduled to get a haircut last Sunday. So they might not have that fresh cut for the Super Bowl, but I think they'll trade that off for playing in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I saw this on, uh, I think it was ESPN. They were kind of talking about like, what would, what grade would you give the NFL? And I'm again, I, I feel like you'd have to give it an A plus. I mean, knock on wood that the Super Bowl goes off perfectly, but I mean, to, to not only have the sport of football being played, like you said, there really wasn't any major, major outbreaks. I mean, they, had a, they rearranged a couple games here and there early on, but nothing really crazy. I mean, I feel like the last few weeks, there was really no, no hiccups, no nothing. I mean, you know, the Browns had their wide receiver, issue Lamar missed one game but I mean outside of that I feel like they did a fantastic job I think the and then, Ravens also had like three games in 12 days or something like that yeah I remember correctly. And, and and I think on top of it another major success thing too is that they had fans in a lot of the a lot of the team's games and I think for the most part nothing that I've heard is that there was no really outbreaks or no like contact tracing back to anyone at the game. So, I mean, just tip of the cap to everybody, all the teams, Roger Goodell, that they were able to have this season successfully and even have fans. And now we're seeing that at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, that they're going to even have 25,000 fans, which is more than any team has seen so far in the past year in all sports. Yeah, it definitely is amazing what they're able to do. We're going to get to the Super Bowl in a second. No games were canceled or postponed from what I can remember. Like there was no cancellations this regular season no. is the playoffs. So yeah, absolutely. A plus for the NFL. Um, it was definitely the most challenging of the sports we've seen try to come back to come back and they pulled it off very, very well. Definitely a passing grade. Before we get to the Super Bowl itself, a major trade happened between the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Rams, a little bit of a quarterback swap. So Jared Goff and a plethora of draft capital will go to the Detroit Lions and the Detroit Lions in return will give Matthew Stafford, who finally gets out of Detroit to Los Angeles. Now we can go over the ins and outs of what this means for both teams, but I feel like what I've been reading over the last you know few days since this trade's gone down is not about the players and draft picks involved in this trade but it would be the potential package that has to do with a player completely not even related to this. And that's Deshaun Watson, because once we saw what Stafford could get, we were like, wait a minute, this is what we were kind of forecasting the trade for Watson to be. Now Watson is, you know, Stafford's a very good quarterback, but Watson, he's younger, he's faster. He's, he's, he's a better quarterback in terms of who you'd want. He's he's elite franchise. So if, Stafford gets all these first round picks and Jared Goff. What on earth is Deshaun Watson going to get if the Texans can find a partner for him? I, I know it's like, you just looking, looking at the numbers. So the Rams obviously got Stafford and they gave away Goff and that contract. And then they also gave away 2021 third round pick. And then a first in 2022 and a first in 2023. And that's the first thing that came to mind was the Watson trade. I'm like, 
that basically means to me, at least that Watson's going to be like five first rounder, if not at the very least three first rounders, a good starting quarterback, like someone like a Derek Carr, or say, if you want to say to as someone who at least is on a rookie deal, and then probably a top notch elite defender. I think I, I remember I saw a rumor that that's what they wanted. Someone starting caliber player on the back end too. So it, it to me, it seems unachievable that the Texans are going to trade Deshaun Watson because I know Watson wants out and I know I've heard that he is willing to sit out and that's perfectly fine, but I don't think there's going to be any package that the Texans get that they're going to be willing to trade Watson away for. Yeah. This, uh, this Stafford golf trade completely blows up the market for Deshaun Watson. In my opinion, if you're the Texans and you see what Stafford got, I'm, if I'm the Texans, I'm asking for so much more than that because Deshaun Watson is just, you know, that kind of talent in the NFL. And if I'm a team like the Jets or the Dolphins or the Raiders or any other of these uh, quarterback needed teams, that's a price that I'm not really willing to go. For example, if I'm the Dolphins and I like Tua, I just drafted him less than 12 months ago. We see, mm-hmm. We saw what he could do in a very interesting kind of year, didn't have a training camp, didn't have a preseason. And my any interest I had in upgrading to Deshaun Watson is completely gone now because of this new price tag. I'd rather just roll the dice with Tua. If I'm the Jets, I think I'm a little bit more open to giving up all that because I think that, you know, Darnold, I, I, I don't think, I, they probably think that Darnold's not going to be, you know, the mm-hmm. guy there. I think that's been pretty clear about how bad he's been and how he's had a few years to prove himself and still hasn't done that. But it's still, you, you still hesitate if you're going to make a deal like that. So this trade with the Rams and the Lions completely blows it up for the Texans. The Texans are going to ask for the world. And the Texans don't have a lot of leverage because the way that the NFL works now, all these players have all the leverage in the world and they can just say, hey, if you don't trade me, I'm not going to play for you. And then the Texans just have this unhappy contract and player and asset that is just going to sit. And then that nobody wins there. So what is the, what, what's a potential solution here? So uh, focusing on what I think the Texans should and kind of will do, and again, people say that the Bob McNair, their owner, is kind of a bad guy. He did wrong by Watson. That, to me, leads me to believe that they are perfectly fine if he sits out. I honestly don't think they're going to hesitate to sit out because, again, they – and again, I think they have every right to get what they think they should be getting for Watson. And if they don't get it in, in the first year, they're not going to trade him. I, I 100% don't I – don't, I don't see it benefiting them to get rid of him necessarily just on the fact that he wants uh, to get uh, to get traded. Listen, and I understand Watson's point of view saying, hey, he kind of got done wrong with the fact that they didn't include him in the coaching or the GM hire, all that stuff. I get that. But and then at the same time, it is a business and not not saying that Watson should shut up and play, not not getting into that at all, because he has every right to voice his opinion, too, and be unhappy. That's totally warranted. But at the same time now, too, the Texans don't have to get rid of him. And I, I honestly don't think they will this year. I think next year when that contract kicks in, the, the 40 mil kicks in, and then when I think teams can uh, trade for him a, a, little, a little bit easier, it'll be a little easier to trade for him. And I think the reason you see that why the Dolphins and especially the Jets are so uh, tied to Watson is because they have uh, multiple first-round picks this year. So outside of that, it's like, are those really the perfect landing spots? It's like, I, I don't really know, but I, I really just don't see the Texans getting rid of Watson, at least in, in this year. And, and honestly, I think if I'm them, you let him sit out the year and then, hey, maybe you have a year to build that relationship. Of Who knows? I, I have no idea, but it at least buys you some time. Yeah, if you're the Jets and Dolphins, you're essentially going to blow up your roster. That's already not, especially the Dolphins are a little different. Let's say the Jets. You're going to blow up your roster that's already not ready to win to get Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson. Like, if you have to give up Sam and all these picks, and as you said or suggested, dip into your defense now to get Deshaun Watson, it's not worth it at all. The same thing you said about the Dolphins, who are a little bit closer to winning. If I'm the Texans, I'm daring Deshaun Watson to sit out. I'm daring him. Yeah, call his bluff because he's under Um, contract. He can't move unless you trade him. Say, mm -hmm. 
either they should say because they essentially have the leverage because they're the ones that he signed the contract. So this is his fault. Yeah. Basically, they should say, sit out, retire, do whatever you want, but we're not going to trade mm-hmm. you. And we're going to see yeah. when we get closer to training camp, if you're actually serious about not wanting to be here, there's no reason yeah. to trade him today. I feel like mm-hmm. this can linger even past the draft into the summer. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I think this is going to be a, in the immediate uh, kind of light, I think it's going to be an ugly process. But yeah, I think it's just going to be, listen, if Watson's not going to return their calls to mend their relationship, then why are the Texans going to kind of do right by him? I mean, it, it just, it, it's just kind of as simple as that. And I don't really think there's going to be a deal in place unless unless maybe a mystery team like the Panthers give up McCaffrey and four first-round picks or three first-round picks and their uh, – I think the guy I got they got the safety. He's a rookie guy last name Chin, who who's pretty good. And it's like they're gonna give up uh, a guy on his second like, but like and then even that deal, it's like it, it's it's like Watson is so good that I don't think a deal the Texans get is gonna be worth trading him for. And it to me that just leads me to believe that he's gonna stay uh, a Texan. I, I really just don't think he's yeah. I mean the leave Texans cause... were bad with him this year. They'll be bad without him, regardless if he's on mm-hmm. the roster or not. They can just get a journeyman quarterback just to fill in the gap until Deshaun Watson decides he wants to play football. Does Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson really want to give up a year of his career? Because the NFL NFL careers, even quarterbacks, I know quarterbacks can play mm-hmm. longer than let's say a running back. But yeah. those years, especially young in your 20s, when you're your most productive, trying to get up as much numbers as possible, those are very valuable to these guys. Does Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. is he really a guy that's willing to give up a year of his career for this you know, petty little argument between him and the organization about who the hiring, what the hiring process was? I'm not sure that's the wisest decision yeah. for his future. Yes, yeah, so I two things kind of just that popped in my mind about Watson. And the first one that kind of struck into my mind was like, listen, you, you're claiming that, that like McNair is a bad owner and, and they did you wrong. And some of it seems warranted. I get that, but it begs the question, why did you sign that extension then? Like you, you knew who this guy was. So why did, and you knew what this team was about. So why did you sign that extension? I, I think he signed it, but I don't think he signed it with the inclination that they were going to trade Hopkins. Right. And then they were going to fair, you know, but not you did give him any say that, then, in any yeah, decision that, makings. That's fair. But he did, again, he did sign it knowing that Bill O'Brien was his, his coach and yeah. GM. And then he also, you have to look at it too, is that, they traded the farm for Laramie Tunsil, uh, uh, one of the better tackles in the NFL, and they traded that to protect his blind side. So it's like that's not a move to me that that did w- or, or was done uh, to hurt Watson in any way. The D Hop deal definitely was like, what the hell was that? But th- it almost seems like they did that because they knew they weren't going to be able to pay D Hop, so they got what they thought they could get for him. And and honestly, you couldn't really re-sign D Hop. And then and then keep watching it in a sense. And this is what I mean that all these big contracts that we see in the NFL, like that Mahomes 50 mil deal hasn't kicked in yet. It won't kick in for another year or two. Watson's 40 mil deal. So I don't even think next year it doesn't even kick in yet. But then the following year it will. So it's like we're not seeing the effect of these massive, massive deals just just yet. And I'm very, very curious to see how these teams situate themselves accordingly when these deals kick in like i i feel like it's a bubble that is going to burst and and again unless the, the salary cap drastically raises which we know for a fact it's going down this year not as much as they thought but it's probably going down from like 200 to like 180 185 so unless that salary cap bumps up to 250 in the next three years i don't know how these teams like like the the chiefs and the texans or whatever team watson goes to are going to be able to field a team around uh that quarterback with that big of a contract what I think should happen is I think Watson should try to get out of Houston, but by July mm-hmm. and August, if it's not happening, he should just lace it up and play because Aaron Rodgers hasn't been happy with the green Bay organization. He's still not happy with them, but he still suits up yeah. and, and plays. So he can demand a trade all he wants. We'll see what the offseason brings as we get close to the draft. Maybe he gets traded there. Maybe in June and July, he gets traded there. But if it's, if I, by the training camp start, if he's still there, he owes it to his teammates 
JJ Watt, you know, those kind of guys that suit up every week and try to help him out and try to win for him to, to mm-hmm. lace it up. That's that's yeah. kind of how and I feel about it. One one real real quick thing too, honestly, if he does well, like I, 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 the Texans, it's kind of almost is in a catch twenty two in their favor because if he does well, they either are going to be good, which obviously that's what you want. You want to be successful, or two, you're going to get even more for him. So it, it honestly. I know it, it may seem like it, the the ball isn't in the Texans' court and they have no leverage, but I feel like when you really break it down, like they kind of do have the final say, and, and that's yeah. going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. And I have a feeling the Texans are going to be destroyed by the media for not doing right by this guy, and they're going to be treating him unfairly. But it is a a dirty, ugly business, but it is a business at the end of the day. Let's quickly get into the trade that started off this conversation, the Goff and Stafford mm-hmm. trade. For me, this is more about the Rams than it is the Lions. The Lions are going to you know, get that draft capital. Hopefully they use it wisely and they can win for the first time in forever. Um, mm-hmm. I, don't, I'm not, I think Goff will be more of a placeholder. I don't think they're set on him being the franchise guy in Detroit. So I think they just have to take it to get those high draft picks. I think that the Rams really – I think the Rams are going to be really good now. I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with going into next year and beyond because, you know, Stafford's gotten a raw deal in Detroit. Um, they, re- they really don't the, – that organization really doesn't know how to build a roster. They, they mm-hmm. I think he's been to the playoffs twice in, what, his 12 years in the NFL? Is it close yeah. to that? So I think that – if you put Stafford on the Rams with Sean McVay with a roster that's only two years or three years removed from a Super Bowl, whatever it is, this is all of a sudden a very scary team going into next year. Yeah, it, it's again, I, I do think they overpaid a little bit. And I know a lot of that was because they wanted to get rid of that golf contract, which I get. And I think Stafford is one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated player probably in the NFL. I mean, he's got a ridiculous amount of talent. However, you can't dismiss the fact that he is getting older. He's, what, 32, something like that. He has had pretty bad injuries, so that that's kind of to no surprise. So it is a very, very risky thing for the Rams to do to essentially not have a first-round pick for the next, what, three, four years, whatever it is, or it's like this year's draft up until 2023. So they won't have a first round pick till 2024. And I feel like these next two years with Stafford are going to make or break McVay. Like if this blows up in his face, how do you, how do you keep him? And I know we looked at uh, the offensive uh, kind of points per game stats. They're not that good for, for uh, McVay and the Rams. And I know we could kind of pin it on Goff, but it's like, is it really like, all on him again i think stafford's gonna thrive now do i think they're gonna win the super bowl i, I don't I think know that's like, what they're say, banking on they're giving up all have these to draft 100 future to get stafford with a roster that they think that is good enough without those draft picks upcoming to get to mm-hmm. a super bowl it's kind of like what the nets are doing in brooklyn in the nba yeah. they got rid of everybody to get Harden, thinking you know we're just gonna put all our chips to the center of the table we need to win a, a championship now, next year, within the next two or three years, we need to have a championship. I think that's the route that the Rams are taking with Stafford. And I think mm-hmm. they just figured that the upside from Stafford over Goff is enough to get them over the hump. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, that that's the best way to look at it. And I just, I, I don't know if it is. That's just, just kind of my, my guess right now on February 4th, 2021, I don't know if it is is going to be enough. And again, I know that defense is clearly elite. No doubt about that. But I, I don't like I, I don't know if Stafford gets them over the hump to even beat a Green Bay or, or beat a Tampa Bay with a fossil at as Tom Brady. And then what if what if, say, Watson goes to the Niners or an NFC team? Mm-hmm. Then right off, if, if that happens, uh, the Niners are definitely a favorite over the Rams in my eyes. So it, it's Again, it, yeah, but it, they would have works. a fighting chance as to what if they had Goff, they would. Yes, I feel. And if you look it's, at that division, Seattle, like how much longer realistically are they going to continue? Like, well, they've been they teetering are, on the mm-hmm. falling off the cliff for a couple years now. Arizona mm-hmm. is probably the team that's up and coming in that division with Kyler yeah. Murray, and then obviously San Francisco. 
lost all faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll see what their offseason brings. I think the, mm-hmm. the uh, Rams saw this as an opportunity to upgrade at quarterback. And as of now, on February 4th, probably be one of the better teams in the NFC. Because remember, you don't need to win the division. Mm-hmm. You just need some one of the wild cards. Now, yeah. are they better than the Bears now who had a wild oh, card yeah. spot in the NFC? Yes. Um, who else made the playoffs in the wild card? I'll get it right. Wasn't it. Brady the wild card? The Buccaneers? Yeah, Brady was a wild card. There was another one, but they because they expanded it. What was it? No, not the Vikings. Give me one second as my laptop loads. Um, it wasn't the NFC East. It wasn't. It was the Bears. Regardless, they're better than the Bears who made the playoffs last year. Yes, yeah. So that's what they were kind of doing. Let's get us a quarterback that'll get us to the playoffs, and then we'll see what we'll see if our defense could take us to the Super Bowl from there. Yeah, no, and honestly, just kind of relating it to the Yankees, like, again, you look at their division, like you were just rattling off, like, their division doesn't look that good. And like you said, Jimmy G, not very good, clearly is hurting that team. The Seahawks seem to be somewhat on a downhill spiral right now, and you have the Cardinals are kind of stagnant, so it's kind of like, hey, how the Yankees got Kluber, which you could kind of relate to someone like Phillip Rivers, who is going to be in middle-of-the-pack guy. You have Stafford, who, who I guess you could compare to that Bauer, who has a lot left in the in the, in the tank to, to possibly win you something in the next year or two. So I guess then in that case, tip of the cap to the Rams. Again, I hope it works out for them. And if it doesn't, it's going to be McVay's ass. But that's just kind of how sports work anyway. So screw it. Just the, we'll, we'll wait and see. I'm dumb. The Rams were actually one of the teams that made the playoffs. That was the wild card. Team. Yes. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah. And then that was a like golf got hurt. Walford yeah. was in and they switched. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, they lost to the Seahawks. No, they beat the Seahawks. They oh beat my God, the Seahawks. I'm so fucked yeah. up right now. Yeah. But I mean, the Seahawks are, when you look at them, it's just like, all right, what the hell are they doing right now? They and lost the have... Packers 32 to 18 in the divisional round. It's amazing how like quickly we forget things. Um, yeah, honestly, but does right. Stafford give them a more of a fighting chance against the Packers? That's the kind of conversation yes. we're trying yeah. to get to. Eventually, we got there. Yeah, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's definitely Stafford over Goff, and that yes. roster right now is ready made to the point where, as long as there's success, you'll deal with not having the draft picks. That's because the, their roster is yeah. there already. Kind of like mm-hmm. as I said, the Nets. They're not worried. Or, they're not worried about their first round picks because they won't be lottery picks. They're trying to yeah. win a championship. I think the Rams are going the same way. Let's talk Very about fair. the championship that's going to be on Sunday between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers. We talked about it last episode when we talked about how we got here and how this is kind of the sexiest matchup that there could have been. You know, Tom Brady and his first year with the Buccaneers leaving from the Patriots going to his 10th Super Bowl. First time in NFL history that a team is also going to be the host with their team team stadium hosting the Super Bowl. And then obviously you have the defending champion um, Kansas City Chiefs with, you know, probably the most exciting quarterback, young quarterback in the game in Patrick Mahomes. This game has everything. Um, just trying to just breaking it down, looking at like where every team is, where the teams are ranked. You know, the Chiefs have the first ranked offense. Um, Tampa has a top 10 defense. So that's an exciting matchup. D- Chiefs defense isn't great. It's 16th ranked. So middle of the pack, but they make plays when you, when they need it. Yeah. Um, Chiefs love to play from behind. It's just a battle of the goats. I saw an interview with someone. I forgot who it was, but he made a very interesting um, kind of side um, side thing about this game that I didn't think about. If Patrick Mahomes, and I know he's so young and this is so far in advance, but if he wants to mm-hmm. pass Brady to be the greatest quarterback of all time, which is so premature because this is his fourth year of the league, he needs to win this game because Brady, it would be seven to one Brady in championships and if Patrick wins, it would be six to two and Patrick would just need four, like just need four. Like that's easy. It's not, but mm-hmm. it would be six to two and he's 25 years old. So you can make the argument that it's feasible for him to get to that four instead of the six that he would need if he lost this game. So that's something I found interesting. What mm-hmm. do you think the biggest, I guess, or the most interesting aspect of this game is for you? I mean, it, it, it's impossible to overlook the Brady to Mahomes, just kind of the passing of the torch game. And as Ric Flair once said, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I think that's exactly what you're seeing. Like, I feel like we're like this whole season, the way it ended in the playoffs. And then with Brady going from uh, New England to 
to the Buccaneers. Like, it felt like I was watching like a whole year's worth of like a WWE kind of uh, whole year. And then now we're at WrestleMania and this is exactly the storyline that if you could script it, this is exactly what, what you would script. I mean, just absolutely textbook with how, with how this thing has kind of played out. And Roger Goodell, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he was rooting for these two teams to end up making to the He's Super sleeping Bowl. very well at night. Oh my, they're, yeah, they're going to make so much money. And it's just, I, I, it's like, as far as like, again, it might be jumping the gun a little bit, but like who I think will win. It's just like, if again, if this was WrestleMania and I could script this, I feel like you're giving it to Brady and you're just saying not yet young boy. Like, like it, this is still kind of my yard. I think this the is perfect my situation time. would be Brady down by four with a minute and a half left. You need a touchdown to win. Yeah, that's and, how and this thing has to end, right? Just that opportunity. Now he doesn't even have to be successful. You give him that opportunity, give him a chance with the ball in his hand, and then we see what he could do. If he can't do it, maybe that's his swan song, and he's it. That's it. Granted, we know he's probably coming back next year anyway, but that's the storyline I think we all want to see. All the the Brady haters and, and and the Brady doubters, and he's too old. He's washed. He's this. He's that, and the other thing. This that situation is what I want to see. I want to see what he can do in that crunch time, two minute drill, down seven, down six, down five, down four, whatever it is, to see if he can bring his team down the field, eighty to hundred yards to win the game. That is yeah, what and would I get think this me might the be, most. Pop. I mean, he's probably he's definitely coming back next year. But like, who's to say mm-hmm. that this isn't the last time we see Tom Brady on the stage? So that's something that, without a doubt, whether you hate Brady or love Brady you have to watch this game on Sunday and be like, this might be the last huge game or Super Bowl that Tom Brady plays in played in 10. Mm-hmm. There's been what 55. I'm not a math major. That's a decent percentage of yeah. the Super Bowls of all time that he's played without in. a doubt. So yeah. something definitely you have to watch is, you know, him for the last time, whether mm-hmm. he plays good, whether he plays bad, something that the, the, the most interesting thing to me here is, as you said, the passing of the torch between Mahomes and Brady. I think if Mahomes shows out and he has another another great game, wins his second straight NFL MVP, and then he's shaking hands with Brady at the end of the game at midfield as the winner, I think that's a very significant moment in the history of the NFL. Kind of like how, you know, Jordan passed it on to Kobe, Kobe passed it on to LeBron and so on. I think that's something that I'm really looking forward to. I think I will get into our predictions later, but I'm just spoiler alert. I think the chiefs are going to win. I think that a lot of eyes here are on Mahomes. I think Brady has nothing to prove. I think if Brady loses this game, he's still going to go down as the greatest of all time until Patrick Mahomes wins his sixth or wins his seventh Mm -hmm. and and beats him. But I think this is, you know, Patrick Mahomes. This is his moment because, you know, Say what you want about the 49ers last year. They were a great team, but what did that turn out, right? They turned out yeah. to like not be that good the next year. Does that really matter mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things? Does that translate? Does that have any correlation? I mm-hmm. don't I don't know. I don't think it takes away from the Chiefs Super Bowl last year, but nah, beating Tom yeah. Brady is such a statement win for Mahomes, especially since two years ago, uh, his first AFC championship was stolen from him, from Brady in that overtime game. So I think that this could potentially be you know, Patrick Mahomes putting his foot down and saying, this is my league. I'm the face of this league now and for the next 10 to 12 years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very similar to kind of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks come up. I mean, they destroyed, who who was it? The Panthers Broncos. or the Broncos? Broncos, yeah. Peyton Manning. Just, just destroyed them. And then the next year they play uh, – they play the Pats and we're like, oh, like Russell Wilson, he's like the next goat. Like I remember people were saying like, oh, he might win one more and then win another and then just go play baseball because uh, football is going to be too boring for him. Then literally he throws that pick at the end zone. Brady gets another ring. You subtract one that should have been for uh, for Russell and then look at the Seahawks ever since. So yeah. I don't think that's going to happen with the Chiefs, but it's like it's one of those situations where you you don't know like at the time everything seems awesome you, th- you think it's going to last forever but that's just not a reality in sports especially in football which is how brutal the sport is and injuries and retirements and even just how hard it is to hit on your draft picks and get good players like in, in a crazy world what if this is the last time we see the chiefs 
in, in, in the Super Bowl. We were Bowl. talking about how contracts kick in. It's going to be much harder for the Chiefs to build a championship roster around Mahomes when he's taking out a quarter of the cap space available. So the mm-hmm. Chiefs better win this year. They better win next year because it's going to be much harder to win after that because they're going to be paying Mahomes a ton of money. And then a lot of quarterbacks are going to be coming up younger than Mahomes are going to be making nothing. So it's mm-hmm. going to be much tougher. Yeah. I mean, again, it, it's, and I know, like, like I always look up a, a lot of people's like comments on contracts and they're like, oh, well, you could still build a team around him if you pay him a lot. Like I said earlier in the show right now, that has kind of yet to be proven because, I mean, you look at Russell Wilson, he's getting paid like 37 mil, something like that. Their team stinks. You look at what Jared Goff was getting paid. He he stunk. I mean, that was just kind of bad on them. And you, you look at even, uh, even say, look at Tannehill's deal. He's got a massive deal. And I know he's a, he's a good quarterback, but again, they, they, they didn't do anything. So it's, it's, it's has yet to be seen. And, and, and same thing with Drew Brees. I mean, you're paying him so much money. And Kirk Cousins, you're paying him 30 plus million dollars. They're not winning. And the, the end goal is winning because a lot of teams can make the playoffs and lose in the first round. That doesn't really do much. But can you consistently make AFC, NFC championships and then Super Bowls? And then obviously the main goal is to win. And if you can't do that, then what's it all for? What do you think is the biggest non-quarterback, I guess, X factor that's going to make a difference in this game? Because so much attention has gone, rightfully so, to Mahomes and Brady, Goat versus future Goat, you know, two guys that will probably be, you know, Mahomes is still Mm -hmm. 25 years old, but, you know, he's on the fast track for the Hall of Fame. Brady's going to make the Hall of Fame. If he retired 10 years ago, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. Um, So what's the, uh, what's, I guess, wide receiver, running back, defense, what is your non-quarterback X factor in this game? I think it's going to be the Buccaneers' defensive line. I mean, again, Nadamnakong Su, JPP, Shaq Barrett, Vita Vea. You have Levante Davis, the linebacker who kind of comes on the line. I think that kind of uh, that that uh, defensive front right there that could change the game, change the outcome of the whole game. I think they can pressure Mahomes to the point where he's not going to be able to sit back and throw that bomb deep all the Tyree kill or wait and let Travis Kelsey create space. I think they might smother him pretty good. That, that to, to me, if the Buccaneers are going to win, it's not going to be with Brady. It's not going to be their offensive weapons. It's going to be that defensive line smothering Mahomes in the pocket. And he's not, not, not going to know uh, what to do with the ball. And then they're not going to be able to run it down their throats either with Sue and Vita Vey up there. They're both like 350 pounds. So mm-hmm. to me, that is definitely the extract that I'm going with. I, I think it's funny that you say that because my answer was going to be the Buccaneers secondary instead of the defense mm-hmm. line because, you know, they said this during the Bills game. I think Tony Romo said this. You can stop Kelsey. You can stop uh, Hill. And then if Watkins can, if Watkins is healthy, you can stop him. You can't stop all of them. So how yeah. are they going to, when I say they, I mean the Buccaneers secondary, how are they going to limit who Patrick Mahomes can get the ball to? in space because it's it's always it always seems automatic that he's going to find somebody that somebody's going to have a big game remember back in november when they played during the regular season i think tyreek hill had 200 yards in the first like 10 minutes of the game so how is the buccaneers secondary going to negate all of these weapons that the chiefs can throw at you know uh, any defense i think i think it's Mm -hmm. almost impossible to defend all of those weapons with the best young quarterback in the game. It's almost unfair what the chiefs have at their disposal. So for me, this game's going to come down to can the Buccaneers secondary one stop, you know, Kelsey for a few drives at a time, Hill for a few drives at a time, Watkins here and there, um, Hilaire, you know, if Le'Veon Bell gets involved, him, how are they going to stop those weapons also? And I think this can link into the defensive line as well. They need to get, they need to win the turnover battle. They need to find mm-hmm. a way to take the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, force a fumble, get a couple picks. Because if I, I think if the Buccaneers don't have a turnover in this game, I don't see them winning if they don't have one. Yeah. No, I mean, again, you it just, if you give Mahomes the most amount of uh, possessions with, uh, with the football, the most amount of possessions, period, odds are those are going to be touchdowns and so not just field goals, there's going to be seven points just about every single time. And kind of building off what you were saying about the secondary, I, I think that's kind of been the X factor. Everyone's been trying to point to saying, hey, listen, can we shut down these guys? And like you said, it, it's 
probably borderline impossible. And that's why I think the only way to make their lives easier, easier secondary is to get pressure with the front four, not blitz. Because if you blitz, that means you're having single coverage with these other guys on the outside or safeties covering Kelsey. That's not going to work. Like, like putting these guys in one-on-one coverage is not going to work. Not with who the Buccaneers have at, at defense, at defensive back. So I think if they can get pressure with that front four, that, that to me just still is going to be the X factor. And then that's going to uh, create turnovers for the secondary. And that's going to allow them to not have to cover as long. And I think that is the perfect recipe kind of there for the Buccaneers to win the game. And that's not even looking at Brady and the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to, let me give you, let me give you this opinion. Tell me if you agree or disagree with me. If this is a shootout where there's not a lot of punts and there's just a lot of scoring, the chiefs are going to win this game easy. Like the Buccaneers need to find a way to get this like groggy, you know, trenches kind of game. That's just, that's just a hard, ugly game to watch as a fan. That's how I think the Buccaneers win this game. I think if it's a shootout where Mahomes and you know his guys are just flying up and down the field because they're so fast, I think that's going to be a nightmare for Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah. I mean, just, again, stylistically, the the Chiefs can score in literally five seconds. Even mm-hmm. taking away their offense, their special teams, I think, is definitely better than the Buccaneers, too. And I think <clears throat> the Buccaneers best chance like in in a game where we're offense we're focusing on is they have to be able to run the ball well and that's something we've seen them do very very well with uh leonard Fournette and well they still got lestrell mccoy back there whoever or ronald jones those two guys i think in that offensive line i think if they could impose their will on the chiefs especially because they got a pretty good defensive front too if they can impose their will and run the ball that just sets up a nice perfect play action skinny post over the middle for Gronk because I don't know who's covering him. So it, it's going to be very interesting. But yeah, I definitely do agree with you that if it is a shootout, you, you have to go with the Chiefs. Like, there's no way you can bet on them if you're going with a shootout. Yeah, I, I think that I always think about that great Rams game that they the Chiefs had a few years ago where it was mm-hmm. like on Monday night, it was like 55. Oh so my like 45. God, that was ridiculous. That crazy yeah. game. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, if that's the kind of game we get from the Chiefs offense, mm-hmm. it'll be over in like the second quarter. Like that's kind of how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I don't I don't know. I just I'm lo- I'm watching this game and or I'm not watching the game. The game hasn't happened yet, but I'm like looking into it. I and we're, I guess we're gonna get closer to our predictions here. I think this is a very, very tough matchup for Tampa. Not just because of what happened in mm-hmm. November. Um, they did make a late push in the second half to get that game closer than it probably should have been and what the score indicated it was. But I just think this is a tough matchup for Tampa. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, kind of question for you. Would you be surprised at all if the game at half was like 21 to three with the Chiefs taking no, the lead there? I wouldn't. I, I, I'd be shocked I, I don't if it was so. 21 to three in favor of the Buccaneers. I'd be blown yeah. away. Yeah, but if it was I mean, twenty-one to three or twenty-eight to ten, I'd have. Yeah, I, I'd be like, yeah, this is kind of what I expected to happen. Uh, I think so too, and I think that's that's going to be kind of the biggest thing I think for the Buccaneers is is that going into the half, you have to be down no more than like ten. Mm-hmm. Anything more than that, 14, 18, 21. It's just I think like, it needs to be a two possession game going into the fourth quarter, and then you'll take your odds with Tom Brady. I think if it's a three possession game at any point, I think that it's going to be very tough for Tampa to come back because not only do you have to score three times, you got to stop Kansas city three times. So I think that the most important thing for Tampa is they got to get it on the board first. I think that's Mm -hmm. essential. Even though we've seen in the playoffs the last two years, the chiefs come back from being down early in games, like, you know, almost like they say, go ahead, take the lead. We're just going to take it back anyway. Like they want it to happen. I still mm-hmm. think it's very important for Tampa to get, you know, a big lead, uh, not a big lead, but an early lead because yeah. they are at home technically. Um, I'm assuming that, you know, the 25,000, I know a lot are comp tickets to essential workers. So I'm not sure if mm-hmm. they're all Tampa Bay fans, but I think whatever secondary market tickets there are, I think they're going to be predominantly Tampa Bay fans. So I think mm-hmm. you get the crowd into it. I think that's something that's going to be really important for Tampa. You got to score early because this is something that's never happened before. There's never been a home field advantage in the Super Bowl. And I think that it's, you know, essential that Tampa Bay takes advantage of that because that's the one advantage that they have is that they're probably going to have some season ticket holders in the stadium. Yeah. I mean, again, just we've talked about this on previous episodes about how 
loud these stadiums have been with like no more than 7,000 people. Now you have 22,000. I know you were just saying like, I think like 7,500 7, are to essential uh, workers. And again, you figure the other, what, 14 there or, or more than even the other, what, 20, something like that, yeah. a little less than that, whatever it is. The, you have to assume at least more than half of those are going to be uh, Buccaneers fans. So I think this is going to be the first instance where you really see that a team is going to be affected by the crowd noise. And obviously that, that would mean the chiefs are going to be affected by the crowd noise. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they use a lot of pre-snap motion and they work in a lot of hard count too, to see how it affects kind of their game plan going into it. I think that the coaching matchup is very interesting because Andy Reid's a guy that's, you know, been here, done that, did it last year. Mm -hmm. Of course, also with the Eagles, he's been to a million playoff games. So he, he knows what these kind of games entail. Not the same could be said about Bruce Arians. So mm -hmm. what do you expect from a head coach like Bruce Arians in his first Super Bowl? I know he has Tom Brady to kind of lean on, but he, at the end of the day, he's the head coach and he's going to make all these major decisions in this game. And we saw last year with uh, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers kind of, you know, made a couple mistakes that let Kansas City get back into that into this game. I think that mm -hmm. Bruce Arians can't afford to make that kind of mistake. And if he has, the, if he has Kansas City on the ropes, he can't make a decision that's going to let them back in the way Kyle Shanahan did the year before. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the key for the Buccaneers is going to be uh, the two T's. It's going to be Tom Brady and Todd Bowles. And I think he is going to play a much bigger factor than Arians will be. I, I think Bowles has been a great DC I think his his kind of ending with the Jets was again obviously every ending usually is a bad one, mm. but we've seen that the Jets have been almost a laughing stock for a, a number of years now. So really, kind of no knock on him. It's more so the organization itself. But I think he's gonna wake up a lot of people and kind of uh, start his I guess run back to a head coaching job for 2022 because I, I think he's gonna control this defense and get them where they need to be to just mitigate Mahomes as best as possible and give Brady just the smallest window. And if you give him a window to win, odds are he's going to do it. So I really don't think Arians is going to have that much of an effect. I think mm -hmm. Brady's effect in its own overpowers, whatever Arians can say or do. So uh, I'm going to be very, very curious to see after win or loss, kind of what Arians post-game thoughts are going to be. Cause I know he's kind of, Keeps keeps it interesting. I guess we could say that. Yeah, if Tom Brady wins this Super Bowl and you know, Arians doesn't really have a big effect on this game, you can make the argument that the debate about is it Brady or is it Belichick is over. Um, I think. Yeah. What was it Julian Edelman went on a show? Amendola. Amendola. Yeah, Amendola went on a show. You said this in the group chat. He went on a show yeah. and said Tom Brady's the guy. He's the Patriots, not Belichick. So Tom Brady wins this game. What leg does Belichick now have to stand on? when all of his Super Bowls were with Brady. I mean, yeah, it, it, I know. I, <laughs> I agree. And it, it really, it really is. And it very, very weird to, to see Amendola so animate. It sounded about, like he didn't like Bill. Like there was a falling out between those two. It seems like if you go to the Patriots, you're basically signing up for, you're going to win or you're going to get damn near close to it but you're not necessarily going to have fun. Like, it seems like you basically sign your own like death warrant to go play for them, sell out to win. Like you're selling your soul to the devil. And then if it happens, it happens. And I, I think that is kind of a, a precursor why so many of Belichick's protégés haven't been able to be successful is because yeah. there's only one Belichick and there's only one new England Patriots. So, so many people try to be like him and like them, but it doesn't pan out. And, and I think, like again, just just hearing the tone of of Amendola's voice was like, like it seems like yeah, like you said it seems like everybody just hates Belichick and hates the Patriot way. And honestly, they probably just feel like hey, like like they hate the way that Brady, for whatever reason, keeps kind of getting bashed on, and no one really wants to crown him, even though he's done I would think more than enough to be considered the goat. Yeah, it sounded like he could have easily answered the question like. 
I think both are great or the both are the best at what they've done. But I think yeah. that I'll always give my advantage to the player. You could have made that kind of answer, but he really went mm-hmm. after it. He was like, no, it's Brady and it has nothing. We basically said it had nothing to do with Belichick. I thought that was crazy. I never. Like, nothing to do I, with like, I, any of the coaches. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if there's anything with that with Amendola. I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, fact of the matter is Brady has a chance to win a Super Bowl without Belichick, which will definitely, you know, set off a narrative that it, it was Brady and not Belichick. And then now the Patriots would need to answer um, immediately. They're going to have to get someone. But we have a long time before between now and September to talk about the Patriots quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. Um Let's 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 get into it. L- who do you think is going to win? I kind of showed my hand. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I think the mm-hmm. Chiefs, and it's nothing against the Buccaneers. I thought th- I think actually that the Packers probably would have put up or would have probably put up a better fight against the Chiefs because they have you know Rodgers, and I just think at this point in their careers, I do think Rodgers is better than Brady. But I look at the Chiefs and I look at their coaching and I look at the weapons that they have and I look at Patrick Mahomes and I look at the fact that their defense is good enough, right? They're not the best defense, they're not the 85 Bears, but they make the plays when they need to. I just think that this is the closest thing to like a flawless roster as you can find. I think mm-hmm. that as long as there isn't this crazy unforeseen situation that happens in the game, I think the Chiefs I think the Chiefs win this game. I think it's going to be like a 31 to 21. I think it's going to be a, like a two mm-hmm. possession game. I think it's going to be close. And then I think that at the end, the chiefs kind of pull away. I think what I said before, I think if the Buccaneers are going to win this game, got to force turnovers, they got to win the turnover mm-hmm. battle. Um, I think they need to take possessions away from the chiefs offense because I think it's going to be tough to stop them. I don't think you can mm-hmm. stop Watkins, Kelsey and Hill and Mahomes all at once. I think that's impossible. So yeah, the problem with forcing turnovers against Patrick Mahomes is that Patrick Mahomes never does it right. Other than that Dolphins game where he had three interceptions, they still won that game. Mm -hmm. So, Oh my God. Yeah. I've been saying it since we debuted this podcast back in September, I will believe the chiefs lose when I see it and I'm going to stick with that. So I'm going to go chiefs 31, 21. I'm going to go. And again, I, I, I'd say I want to go chiefs, but I just, I, I cannot, bet on any team that Tom Brady is a part of until he's no longer in the NFL. So I'm going 29, 27 bucks. And I think it's going to be a field goal as time expires for the Buccaneers to, to win the Super Bowl. F- confetti Yo, flying over. not there anymore. I, I, I don't even know who the Buccaneers kicker is, but I think he's going to get it done. I think it's going to be maybe a nice little 30 yard, 31 yard chip shot. And that's so going to be the difference right Brady there. Brady has the ball at the end down by like three with the two minutes left. You think that's, you think yeah. that's what we're getting? I, I, I think that's going to be the situation that we're going to get and specifically. If I'm, if I'm guessing here, I think we're going to, it's going to be 20. So I guess 27, 26, the Buccaneers are down. I'm going to say like a minute, 39 let's say that i'm gonna say buccaneers maybe have like two timeouts and i think they're gonna they're gonna storm down it's just i feel like maybe like maybe gronk is gonna be that x factor because the whole year gronk really hasn't done too much maybe this is kind of his coming out part like there's got to be someone or something specifically that we're not really seeing or, or a part of the field that they're gonna attack or someone on the Chiefs defense that they're going to just expose. And I think they're going to expose handedly to, to kind of keep them in the game and then eventually win them the game. That's kind of what, what I could foresee. And that's kind of what I'm looking for right there. All right. So you got the Buccaneers by a score of what? You have 29-27? Yep. I got the Chiefs 31-21. So that's it. That's our predictions. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled for this game. I'm so happy that yeah. this is going to be the matchup. I think that... I would have liked the Packers to get in because I think Rodgers needs another championship. But mm-hmm. since, you know, the Packers got eliminated, I've given it a lot of thought. This is the th- this is the matchup that we deserve, right? This is mm-hmm. it has literally everything. This is like what a movie would be. This is the kind mm-hmm. of, you know, cheesy Disney sports movie that we mm-hmm. deserve. So it's going to be really fun to watch. It's going to be on CBS, so we're getting Tony Roma, which is always a plus. Um, Can't beat that. Uh, what, what else do I got here? Um, I want to say this. Um, I think that I think it's funny because every time I see him, I forget he's in the NFL. I'm like, oh, my God, he's still there. I think JPP can have a game. 
I, I do. Yeah. Like, why not? No, I mean, I mean, it, it's again, obviously, Giants fans know and love him. Question why they got rid of him, I guess you could say too. But yeah, like like JPP is it. no slouch. And I, I again, that's why I keep leaning on that defensive front there for, for the Buccaneers. I think they've, like, is it fair to say they've kind of been slept on? And yeah. I feel like, again, now finally people are, are going to be awake to that team. And, and that How defense. many times and, and did they that, sack Rodgers on the championship game? I think it had to be it was like a decent amount. I think it was like four or five. Yeah, I, I thought I thought so too. I thought it, it was a good amount. That and again, and I'm pretty sure JPP had one or if not two sacks. I can bring it up. I think it was like four. But yeah, that they need a car. They need a copy of that, and they need to force turnovers. Hold on, I can get it right here. He was sacked. Wait a second. Five sacks against the Packers. Jesus, Christmas. Yeah. How many turnovers? And that's, and that's a good turnover. offensive line. They had one turnover, one interception. They had two forced fumbles. I'm not, I can't see if they returned it. If they recovered it. But. They, no, they recovered. That was the one that Aaron Jones won. Yeah. Brady had three picks. Now that I'm seeing the stats from the championship, Brady had three picks against the Packers. That can't happen again. Yo, yeah, all, all, in the, all in the second half too. Yeah. I think Brady will clean that up. I, I'm not. I wouldn't really worry. As I don't think fan. there's been a game in his 20 years where he's had back-to-back games with three picks in the but, second half. Yeah, there's, there, I can't see that happening either. We got a couple minutes left, so let's let's wrap it up with that uh, ridiculous Instagram live that Jamal Adams did talking about yes. the Jets. Um, so apparently, if you didn't see it. He basically was talking. Uh, who is he talking to? I don't. I, I, he was I talking no to say his bud, right? His friend, yeah. his pal, and he they, they were talking about the Jets and how what he he and when he was on the Jets, he lived by a elementary school, right? And some girl like passes his car, and the girl's like, "I didn't know you played for the Jets." And like, Jamal's like, "Yeah, I played for the Jets," thinking like he was going to be a big shot. And the girl was like. Oh, it's a shame you don't play the for the Giants. The Jets are the little brother. And apparently Jamal Adams, for what he said, thought about that for the rest of the day. And my first thought was, why are you saying this live on Instagram? This is like, that's not cool. That's actually kind of embarrassing that you're getting offended by what a girl says about the Jets and Giants rivalry. And that's why you want it out of the Jets. I think uh, he's a very interesting guy. And I just, I think the Jets... The more that the more time that's been elapsed since that trade, I think the Jets really got off scot free without that headache on the team. Yeah, I and I, I hate using the term diva a lot because because again, OBJ was considered a diva, but I think divas tend to be great players. Mm-hmm. And after looking at it too, again, we'll see who the Jets use for those draft picks. But I definitely think getting out of that situation was probably for the better. And, and I was a big proponent that they should have kept him, but yeah, it just, I think a lot of these football players are just like, again, it, it might sound stupid for me being five foot eight and 170 pounds that I'd get my ass kicked by all these guys. But it's like, I feel like they're just like not mentally strong. Like, I don't know if that's weird to say, but it's like, how does that affect you that much? Like you're, you're not in the right headspace where you can kind of just brush that off your shoulder. Like that really stuck with you. And that changed kind of your opinion on your future with the New York jets. Like, listen, I can see it as being motivation, but it doesn't seem like it was motivation. It seemed like he took that to heart and was like, damn, like we stink. Like I have to get out of here. Like that to me was just like stupid. Yeah. I don't, that, cause what my, the problem with these players is they never get told no their entire lives. And then all of a sudden like mm-hmm. something happens that, you know, isn't for their benefit. And now they need to like scream and cry. Um, mm-hmm. Jam- Jamal Adams said that he like got depressed when he was losing with the jets. Don't want to take that lightly, but it's hard to take it seriously when like you go on and you complain about, you know, what an elementary school girl, I don't know. I don't want to get too yeah, deep no, into that, but I, I get what you mean. Yeah. I, I, uh, enough of Jamal. Like, congratulations <laughs> on your time in Seattle. You played one extra yeah. game this year. Good luck. Yeah. Before we go, let's do some fun little prop beds. I'm going to throw you a prop bed for the Super Bowl. You're going to tell me what you yeah, think. Coin toss, heads or tails. I'm going to write this down. Heads. All right. Hold we'll on, give you a Matt. Matt. 
prop bets. Throw your answers on there too. Okay. So you think it's going to be heads? I'll go yep. heads. I'll agree. I always say heads. When you when I flip a coin, always heads. Never always say tails. Yeah. My entire life. They say tails mm. never fails. Bullshit. No. Don't agree. Yeah. <laughs> First offensive play from skip scrimmage, pass or run? Pass. I think it's definitely be a play action bomb if the Chiefs have the ball first. I'm going to go run. I always feel like it's a good idea to just get your feet wet in the first mm-hmm. like offensive possession, um, especially if it's the uh, Buccaneers. If it's the Buccaneers, I really think it's going to be a run, but I think Agreed. regardless, I think they're going to run it. Okay. Team to record the first first down. Uh, so basically, geez. who do you think is going to get the ball first, I think? Yeah, I guess we'll go Chiefs. Or what What defense do you think is more likely to get a three and out? I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I'm, know. I would say Chiefs first, first down. Right, Why Chiefs. not? I'll go Chiefs as well. Some of these properts are kind of ridiculous, but we're going to power throw. Um, first team to call a timeout. Buccaneers. I think Brady Buccaneers? definitely. He loves those yeah. timeouts. Yeah. Okay. I think I think so, too. I think the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl last year. They know what's going on. I think a lot of these Buccaneers players haven't been in the Super Bowl. I think that's going to be a little bit of a fact that's going to, you know, we're going to have to look out for the first five, seven minutes of the football game. So I'm going to go Bucks too. So we go both got Bucks. Now. We'll do a few more. Let's see. Let's see what I got here. Um, color of the Gatorade. Orange. Or, or water. I'm going to go orange. Orange You're Gatorade. Go orange. I feel like it's always orange. I know. I, I always want to say blue. I want to say red. I want to say yellow. But it, I feel like orange is, seems to be the go-to for these NFL teams. I'm going to go water. I think it's going to be water. All right. That's okay, a good okay. one. Um, will there be a two-point conversion in this game? I'll, I'll say yeah. Yeah? I'll go no. I think this is going to be a very straightforward thing. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let me just, let's get two more. Um... Hmm. What do you think the total yards for the longest field goal in this game is going to be? I'm going to say 54. Longest field goal. You say 54? Yep. I'm going to go I'm going to go 48. It's a good number. Just because I like that number. I don't know. Even okay, number. final one, final one, final one, final one. Um Let's see here. Tom Brady's total rushing yards. <laughs> oh god. Um I'm going to say negative 1. I I maybe one? Neil at the maybe that Neil at the end to seal the game. Maybe. But well, that would be great. Well, not great, but that would be something. I hope you win that one. I hope you win that one. <laughs> that would be an interesting one. I'm going to go 12. I think he's going to do. I think there's going to be a really funny scramble. Like in the second quarter, on a third down, nobody's going to see it coming. I think that's going to be it. So that's mm-hmm. it. Let's see. Let's see if there's another one that's interesting to me. Okay, here, one more. Over, under two and a half minutes for the national anthem. Oh, under. Under two and a half, a lot, I feel under like. two and a half for the national anthem. So Matt's gonna go under two and a half. I don't know who's doing the national anthem. Do you know who's doing the national anthem? Oh my god! Should I know this? Is it Miley Cyrus? No, she's doing like a whole concert before oh, on TikTok. I'm very excited for that, by the way. You know I'm a big Miley oh, guy. Yeah. But um, let's let me look it up. Hold on. This is great. That could change it. That that could change it. Let's see. Because if it's a big diva, then they're gonna really. Yeah. Where we draw it out. Eric Church and Jasmine Sullivan. So two people. No. I'm taking less. No, I'm, I'm gonna go over. Under. I think two people. I think they're gonna both want to share the limelight. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. That's fair. All right, that's it. There we go. Do you have any at the top of your head that you can think of that you that you want? That you want to I, guess... I mean I had it right in front of me. Is there anything that you like think at the top of your head that might be I mean, a the only other one I about? could kind of think the only other one that I could think of is kind of uh, longest uh, yards for a touchdown. It's not like touchdown play, whatever Ooh. that is. Longest touchdown runner pass. Yeah, I guess whatever scoring play. Longest. Let me write that down. 
Do you think Mahomes is going to have a long bomb? I don't know if Brady can. I could. You think um do you think Mahomes is going to have one of those huge like 45-yard bombs to Hill who's running? I was I was, was going to say or maybe Hill has a wide receiver screen and just takes it, you know? Yeah, I was going to say 43 was going to be my 43? number. I'm going to go I'm going to go 60. I'm going to go big. I think I think there's going to be a big Damn. one. I don't know who right. it's going to be. That's I don't fair. know what team it's going to be. I think somebody gets behind the defense, and I think there's going to be a big 60-yard pass. All right. That's fair. So that's it. We did it. We made it to the Super Bowl. And when the Super Bowl's over, we're going to do another show to recap it and to preview the offseason. How does that sound? Can't wait. Can't wait. So everybody enjoy the game on Sunday. Um, enjoy the commercials. Um, I think the a weekend. lot of companies opted out of the commercials because they want to give that money to COVID, which is awesome. Good oh, for them. Interesting. But I'm sure yeah. that the commercials will still be great. Um, I don't want to see any COVID commercials. Yeah, it's like no. we've been reminded enough. I, no, listen, I don't mind like thanking everybody. I don't mind those commercials yeah. where everybody thank, but I don't want people to like make mask jokes and try yeah, to no, make it's fu- not- make it funny. This I, isn't I, funny. I hate when TV shows now have COVID related plots in the show. It's yeah. I don't want to be Just reminded. Leave it alone. Of it. We heard enough. So yeah. that's it. That's what. That's kind of my big deal with the commercials. I'm with enjoy you the there Commercials. Too. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the weekend for halftime. Um, and that's all I got. You have anything before I wrap it up? No. Again, just thanks everybody who's been listening up until this point, and we are not done yet. No, we're not. We're gonna go through the entire offseason. We're gonna get into the draft, into the free agency. It's gonna be a good time. But until then, for Matt Ferrar, my name is Glenn Negris. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll see you next week.